Welcome to the Access Church Podcast. Grab out your note sheet and let's jump right into today's sermon. Before we get started, a couple... Actually, there are no announcements besides Halloween next week. Make sure we... uh, Yeah. Uh, We... Look, I, for those who are not used to dressing up, I share your pain, okay? I hate dressing up. I've never been really part of a church that it is highly encouraged to dress up. But it's fun to sit, um, um, celebrate the season of harvest and have the kids um, be in a safe environment. And um, we're going to have tables set up. Um, so make sure you guys dress up. Because I'm telling you, last year I did it. I, he is not kidding when, when he says you will be the other one out. <laughs> so just make sure you do it. Um, you have any, if you need any details, please talk to Laura Lee. Uh, she's the one coordinating all the, um, the games and the tables, uh, being set up and decorations and whatnot. Um, there's also a reminder, which will be a reminder later as well. Um, if you go to our events calendar, we, we really try hard to push, um, com- some sort of community outreach every other month. So if you guys are interested, um, in reaching out, working with Laura Lee and Swag, uh, doing the, I know this past mission trip got canceled uh, for unfortunate reasons, but we're working on, on getting all that stuff back in. So if you're interested, just make sure um, you go onto our app and um, look those events up. So, Father, we thank you, God, for, first of all, God, for who you are, for giving us the the privilege, Father, to know you, the privilege to be here in your house to worship you, Father. But I pray, Father, for every person in this building, um, just as we can be scarred for physically with things that occur in our lives, Father, um, I know that many of us hold deep scars and deep in our souls with um, experiences that we, life experiences that we have gone through, Father. So I pray, Lord, that... um, that you help us break through those things, break through those fears, that you help us break um, just through, through, our, through our own um, doubts, through our, through our own fears, our own mindsets, Lord, that you can be here, Father, to speak, that you can be here to tug on our hearts, and that you can be here, Father, to guide us through this journey that you have called us through. So I thank you, Father. I worship you. In the name of your Son, we pray. Amen. All right, so we... Last week was an awesome sermon um, that we got to hear from Pastor Brian. How many of us were scared of lying this this past week? Um, So that story of Ananias and Sapphira is always one that you just don't know what to do with, right? So I I think Brian did a good job laying out the the message. Um, He laid out just that at times we fear the wrong things. You know, um, so we've been journeying through the book of Acts. I think it's, it's an amazing book on what, how God has moved his church to initiate this, this message that Jesus left with, with his apostles. And, um, we have been seeing different stories of, you know, when the Holy Spirit comes down and, and he empowered the apostles, how, how thousands of people started coming to faith. And the, the biggest thing that, um, that as we go through the, especially the beginning chapters of Acts is that we need to pay attention to is that these apostles, the disciples were just weeks and months before that, um, 
you know, they were denying Christ. They were afraid of the authorities. They were afraid um, to kind of really didn't understand what was going on with um, what Jesus was trying to demonstrate to them. And we have this this flip on like they flipped the switch on what how they finally the light bulb came on on who Jesus was. So they held on to to the message that that they were given and just a reminder in, in acts 4 20, 29 when i preached when i was able to preach a couple weeks ago a prayer after they got out of prison where they said enable your servants to speak your word with great boldness and that's something that we're going to try to um harp on today that's the, the the idea of how god can do great things, right? Um, we pray for things, but when God starts moving, we kind of tend to get a little scared, right? Um, and just the environment that they were in. So the, the, the disciples were all in 100%. They, they, God spoke to them in, in a huge way. So we're landing on the second half of Acts 5. Um, 12 to 17 kind of see the environment that the, that they were now in. Um, Acts 5 verse 12. The apostles performed many signs and wonders among the people. And all the believers used to meet together in Solomon's colonnade. No one else dared join them even though they were highly regarded by the people. Nevertheless, more and more men and women believed in the Lord and were added to, the, to their number. As a result, people brought the sick into the streets and laid them on beds and mats so that at least Peter's shadow might fall on some of them as he passed by. Crowds gathered also from the towns around Jerusalem, bringing their sick and those tormented by impure spirits, and all of them were healed. So at this point, word got out, right? So the, the way the disciples were, their focus was the gospel. Their focus was the message. But to go behind and authenticate what they were saying, like God was using them to perform some pretty gnarly miracles. You know, we, we see the story of the lame person that, uh, for 40 years, he was begging, but yet he was healed. And it got to the point that miracles were such a common thing around them that a little superstition started happening, right? The little people were like by, by chance and hoping that even Peter's shadow will touch him because they were hoping to get healed. So they knew something was going on with them. Something was going on with their message. And the apostles kept, they said they were very, very diligent and committed to preaching the message. Okay. So their, their diligence wasn't the miracles. It was the message by default, by a byproduct of the message that they were preaching and sharing was the miracles. But it started happening so much that people were, it was just, an expectation that if I go see these disciples, something's going to happen. Okay. So the question that we have to ask ourselves, when I come before God, am I expecting him to show up? And that's something that we, that we need to wrestle with. And this is where we start in Acts chapter 5. So this is a summary of what's going on, the environment that they're operating in. But just to kind of give ourselves the, the, the overarching idea that I want to share with you guys, because God really took me um, 
on a personal journey. So I'm really just sharing what God did with me this past couple of weeks. All right. So the big, the big idea here is you have no idea what God can set into motion with one single act of obedience. I'll repeat this again. You have no idea what God can set into motion with one single act of obedience. You know, as I was studying this week, I, I love, um, I tend to lean more towards like leadership um, podcasts. Uh, um, and I think one of, one of my favorites is um, past, I forget where his church is, but, um, Craig Groeschel. So he really influenced, um, and, and it's, it was such a trip the way like God was wrestling with me and then things started occurring. Um, so this, this act of obedience, like we're sometimes we are so scared of what God is prompting us to do, but we have no idea what God can set into motion if you just take that step of faith. And so now we're landing in, um, moving on to Acts 5.17. This is kind of where, where we're starting to, to see well, as we progress through the book of Acts and, and how God is continue using this idea and, and pushing um, the disciples to, to expand um, the kingdom. Acts 5.17, Then the high priest and all his associates, who were members of the party of the Sadducees, were filled with jealousy. They arrested the apostles and put them in public jail. But during the night, an angel of the Lord opened the doors of the jail and brought them out. Go stand in the temple courts, he said, and tell the people all about this new life. Go and tell the people all about this new life. Okay, and that's a key phrase. Go and tell the people all about this new life. That is all he's asking them to do. Um, you know, it's, it's um, going back in, in like reliving how many of us have had those moments where you kind of like flashbacks reliving years past of your life and, and just seeing how God has moved um, through your life? I, I remember um, I, I came to faith as a teenager. I was like a, a sophomore, uh, a junior in, in high school. But uh, unfortunately, um, kind of was drawn out um, and and led, I'm going to say led astray after I served in the military and traumas that I went through and just mistake after mistake. And, and all of a sudden I wake up and I have no idea what my life has come to be. It's kind of one of those moments where, where you don't realize how deep in darkness you are. And so God illuminates you, um, you know, from, from alcohol, drugs and whatnot. And it's, and, and God really, um, I remember I, I had just gotten out of the military, um, I was uh, roughly around 25, 26, and um, I had my oldest, Daniel. I was single, I was alone, and I ended up in San Diego, away from my family. So I was really no one around me. And I remember driving, um, driving to work the base, the, the naval station. I, I saw this church, right? And they had this, this um, um, sign, this, and, and God, I just feel that prompting, like, just go to church, like, come back. <laughs> um, and... And I tried it, and I went a couple of times, and they um, they were starting. They, they had just opened up a a, a Spanish speaking congregation, so it's like ten people, and 
like that's how I came to to know the Lord, and I knew all the all those worship songs. I didn't know anything else anyone else was singing, so I'm like, oh, I'll go over there, right? And and really, God just pulled me back, and I remember, um, and and it wasn't even like a deep um, sermon. It was just me talking to to the pastor, and just like one of those things where like it's time for me, like I submitting back. Um, to God, I remember having that prayer and that conversation um, to God. So here we are, um, newly committed, and I really felt a, a prompting, like, "Hey, you, you need to start serving, right?" So, I was, um, so I decided to to serve in in youth in the youth ministry. So here I am, barely <laughs> back in God's ways, and I'm serving in youth. Just got out of the military, okay? So I still had that mindset. And here I am with a bunch of sixth graders. It was the hardest experience <laughs> of my life. <laughs> um, it, it's, it's, it's one of those where they, they really is like you pray for patience and then God is like, here, learn how to be patient. Um, you, like, you talk to a group of sixth grade boys like, hey, did you listen to anything I said? Like fingers in their nose and they're oh, squirrel. And it, it honestly was hard. Like I did not. I was like in a different world. Like, how do I talk to these kids? You know, and and really like I wanted to put on like my my drill instructor hat and make them do push ups and shut up and you need discipline. And um, so I'm I'm going through this. And but the, I honestly felt like quitting like they were driving like this is not for me and then um so when i'm going through those emotions and and hey here comes summer camp we need people and again i felt god like you like you need to go another very hard experience i think i'd rather deploy to the middle east <laughs> <laughs> so i'm here with, with with a bunch of middle schoolers and there's a whole high school camp it it was so bad like boys are disgusting um you, you know, you go to the bathroom, there's pee all over the place. I'm like, what in the world are you guys doing? Like, you wake up in the middle of the night to them running down the stairs with their mattresses. I'm like, God, like, what did I get myself into? But, you know, it, it's, it's one of those things where I had such a, a love for, for God that he could have asked me to do anything. And I would have done it. Just because of where he pulled me from. Did I want to do it? Absolutely not. Like those kids drove me insane. But if God would have told me that 12 years later, I'll be standing here preaching, sharing this message with you guys, I wouldn't have believed them. Like there's no way. I can barely talk to a bunch of sixth graders. Like, so God moves and, and there's, there's, a, a concept that um, that we need to just get in our heads that we believe because we're obedient. And we're obedient because we believe. God drives our faith through obedience. He grows our faith through obedience. Um, in, in my study, I was reading a quote from Dietrich um, Bonhoeffer, a, a pastor in Germany during um, the rise of the Nazi party. Um, he said, only he who believes is obedient, and only he who is obedient believes. And, and that really drove um, my thought process. So, we're, so three main points that I want to go with you guys. Um, 
One, bold obedience will trigger opposition. Okay, in verse 18, we read that they arrested the apostles and put them in public jail. Like, we, we think that, um, and kind of like what I shared with you guys a couple of weeks ago, is where we think that if we're obeying God, things have to go our way, right? There, there's times where things don't go, don't go our way. And, and there's times there can be minimal things, like the Dodgers losing. How am I going to preach tomorrow when the Dodgers lost? Like, my heart is broken. You know, it, it's like... <laughs> That's funny, but I was really heartbroken. <laughs> um, so, you, you know, we, we, you know, it, and it can be our jobs. Like we try to put so much or even that like we try to look for, our, for a job and, and may, things may not be going, be going our way. But the biggest thing that I have found, the biggest opposition that you will find comes from within you. Your emotions, your experience will always drive you. Our selfishness, I don't know if you guys realize that you're selfish and self-centered. Okay, that is human nature. Our selfishness will drive us to oppose God. Our response to this opposition makes a difference. And you got to ask yourself, like, what, what am I responding to? Like, it, it would, am I leaning towards God, or am I leaning towards what? And and I'm not not to sound super, so superstitious, but or am I leaning to the, the crap that the devil is feeding me? He knows how to manipulate you. He knows how to manipulate us. He knows how to manipulate our emotions. He knows what drives us. He knows what brings some sort of happiness or what brings sadness into our lives. When we move forward for God, just always remember the prince of darkness does not like it. And we'll try to stop it. But the thing is, this is one of the strongest points where, where, where kind of hit me. Because what, while I was wrestling with this, and, and I'm talking about my personal life. It was, and I'm wrestling with everything that's going on. And I'm like, well, God, I, I, you know, I serve at church. Um, I go to church. Um, I, I try to be faithful, even uh, you know, even in my giving. But the fact of the matter, like the enemy, does not care if you're at church. He does not care if you hear the word. He does not care if you read the word, as long as you stay sitting down. He will do everything possible to keep you from standing up. And doing what God is prompting you to do. And, and you know, the, the, when we're trapped in our inaction, and it's really, it's really sad because, like, for example, we can be here worshiping, Pat can be singing the best songs, we can cry, we can pray, we can go to connection group and, and, and feel moved and, and all those things are good, but, if we still do nothing, he's winning. Remember what, what James said in the book of James says, do not merely one James 1.22. Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says, it's like someone who looks at his face in a mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. 
If you want to be used by God, you have to be ready to face opposition. As we move the gospel forward, we have to be ready to face opposition. But it is, it is us who have to figure out where that opposition is coming from. Is, is it from within us? Is it, so I'm not going to lie in some things. It, there's spiritual things that happen and things can go wrong on the outside, external to you, right? And, and that happens very often. Like you think things need to go perfect or things are going well and then all of a sudden something happens. You get uh, an unexpected phone call. You get family members that are sick and we experience life tragedies, right? But a lot of times that opposition is coming from within us because we, we want to stay seated in in and i'm going to say it in our sin because the fact of the matter it is a lot more comfortable to stay seated in your sin because it's let's not lie there's times where sinning seems better the sin seems a little more fun we always like have this image where we're um where God is just a party kill, a joy kill, like a buzz kill. And, and we, we have to realize that just this sin just over promises, right? And, and de- definitely under delivers because then, um, you realize that being stuck in there, how easy, well, how e- you don't realize how easy it is to be stuck in there. Um, so always remember, or it is us to realize it, where that opposition is coming from, if it's within me or if it's outside. Um, point number two, bold obedience oftentimes releases miracles. Verse 19, 519, but during the night, an angel of the Lord opened the doors of the jail and brought them out. As we read that chapter, So we, we realize, like, as, as Luke is writing what's going on, he doesn't put much emphasis on this verse. Okay, so who's a big English nerd? Who loves reading? No one. Oh, there's a couple people back there. <laughs> so it, it's, it's almost like a, 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 which when, when you're reading, right, there's some people that love reading. Um, when you're reading a, a good story, there's things that the author does to emphasize the emotions and feeling and, and, and something that's going on in the story, right? Um, same thing with movies. But if you notice, as you're reading that whole chapter, in verse 19, it, there, there's no big emphasis on, on verse 19. There's not even an exclamation point at the end. Like there's not, It's not that big of a deal. An angel came at night, opened the doors of the jail, and brought them out. That's what happened. Let's move on to the next point. So, do we expect God to show up when we're obedient? It's the point that we, we need to, this is what we need to ask ourselves. Are we expecting God to move? When we walked in obedience with God, are you not shocked by the miracles? Like, how, how many... I don't know about you guys, but if an angel showed up, I would probably be scared. I'm not going to lie. And if anything supernatural shows up, I'll probably run the other way. <laughs> um, it, it, I, I think what, um, 
all those horror movies I watched as a child really traumatized me. But it, it's if if something like are we expecting God to show up? Like how many times do we pray honestly and not really expecting God to answer our prayer? And and it's really and it's honestly it's it's sad. <laughs> That we can come to Almighty God, we know who He is, but yet there is doubts when we come and we pray to Him. It's, it's almost like, like there's a lot of times where where we don't expect God to move, we don't expect Him to show up. So we we just how we read in verse nine, nineteen is an angel showed up, brought them out, and told them go preach. That was the expectation of that time. They had such a strong faith in God that they expected him to deliver them. Now, sometimes, don't miss, get me wrong. There's times our, our deliverance or God showing up is not going to be what we want it to be. And it's not going to be what we, it's not going to look like the way we think, right? But what, what I'm saying is like, how often are we praying, expecting God? And that's something that, that we, we need to wrestle with. Because if we don't wrestle with that, what's, what's, what happens is that when God prompts you to do something, God sees your faith. Like you're, you're not going to be as easily moved to do it because you already have that doubt within you. And we go back to the very, very beginning. Faith comes from obedience. Obedience comes from faith. Have no idea what God can set into motion. But by one small little act of obedience on your part. So we go to point number three. Bold obedience always requires faith. In verse 20, he said, go stand in the temple courts, he said, and tell all the people about this new life. In those words, this angel showed up, woke him up in the middle of the night, opened a door and said, go out and do the very thing that got you thrown in jail in the first place. Go back out and do it again. And, and really, like when... Sometimes this goes, and it's something that I wrestled with personally, because I'm a very, it's, a lot of times this goes against our personalities. I'm, I'm very, very type A, and it drives my wife nuts, right? But I need details behind a plan or else I cannot ex execute that plan. It, and, and when God tells me to do something, I'm like, all right, God, so what's plan B if plan A doesn't work? <laughs> uh, <laughs> when, if you say you're going to show up, exactly when are you going to show up? Like, how long do I need to suffer before you, you decide to stop it? All right? Um, don't worry, I'm, I'm with you. Um, so, like, what are the details? What are the guarantees? Like, God can, um, but, but really, honestly, we, I go back to what I said early, like, earlier, is that sometimes we cannot handle the details. God gives us enough grace to get through today. Remember that. He gives you enough grace to get you through today. 
If he sat here and told you what he was going to do with you 10 years from now, you can't handle it. You can't. Because God has way bigger dreams for you than what you have for yourself. And, and this is something that, that honestly tears me to pieces. Because when, when God prompts me to do something, I, I usually wrestle with it like five to ten times. Where, where I finally say, like, God, I, I, I just need some sort of insurance. Is it really you? Is it what I ate earlier? Is that really you speaking to me? Like, what's going on? Um, and, and, and honestly, like, if, if, if God told me, like, when I was sitting there dying with those, with those sixth graders driving me crazy because they were peeing all over the place. Um, <laughs> if God would tell me, this is the beginning's walk with what I'm going to do with you. I, I don't think I would have believed them, to be honest with you. I, I don't think I would have felt adequate enough. I don't think I ever felt like not just good enough, but strong enough to do that. And, and God honestly took me through an incredible journey where I built the strongest, some of the strongest relationships with those kids. Some of them that I still know today. Um, some, you know, moving on to, to high school ministry, the, the camps, seeing God move in such tremendous ways. In kids' lives, I actually had the privilege in marrying a couple of them, and, and it's so incredible to see what God is would use you if you're just willing to let go, if you're willing to listen to Him. So you gotta ask, like, do do like take a step of faith, do what God is prompting you to do, and it's not just the 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 church going. I'm gonna call it the church going spiritual stuff. Like, is God prompting you? To start a business. Is God prompting you to start serving at church? Like, do you, like, there's times where we don't even serve at church because we don't feel good enough or we feel like we don't have time. Like, has God moved your, been tugging on your heart to serve with kids and be, probably be stressed out the way I was <laughs> or, or serve with youth or even getting up earlier to set up, um, you know, learn how to use a camera. Like, do, or, or even just in, in, in your own relationships with people, like has he prompted you to join a connection group? Better yet, has he prompted you to lead a connection group? You know, like, like has he prompted you to restore a relationship and someone that you've been fighting with for years? You know, like God, obedience... It's our responsibility, okay? But the outcome is God's responsibility. We, verse 21, says, At daybreak they entered the temple courts, as they've been told, and began to teach the people. The angels woke them up, get up, I'm opening the door. So they physically walked through the doors that they were in jail at. Go and do the very thing that got you thrown in here in the first place. Keep preaching. Keep telling everyone of this new life. And they obeyed. You know, it, it's... I was... Um, me and my wife, 
I think it was probably like two years ago. We we were a year and a half, two years. Um, we were moved to like after we moved up here. We actually had been talking about um, maybe trying to have another kid. Like I want to grow in the family. Boys drive me nuts. Um, and we had been t- wrestling with that, right? I'm like, Baby, the clock is ticking. Um, but we decided God was moving us to do something different. He's, um, she's like, I, I really think, um, you know, I want to adopt. Like, that's how the conversation started. I'm like, okay, have you prayed about it? Because God hasn't told me that's the route we're going, you know. And, and we started wrestling with it, right? And then we started like, maybe we should start fostering. And we were moved. Actually, when, when we're still in another school, we had a, um, an agency that came out that helps foster families with stuff that, that they may need. And um, so I, I was honestly moved. And I was like, this is something we need to do. Um, but again, I wrestle with things. So I stayed there. It was just a desire. Like, I didn't do much about it, you know. Uh, <laughs> so time kept going on. And, and, but God kept tugging and tugging. I said, all right, God. Uh, I talked to my wife, like, let's do it. I don't know. I have no idea where to start. So I said, okay, we'll do it. But that's all that was. Like, I had no idea where to start. We, and again, inaction. It stayed like that for for another six months. Um, and then I don't know where Nayeli remembers, hey, I have a, a coworker that I think, um, a former coworker, I think she works at a foster agency now. I'm a caller. So like, okay, so it started, the process started and going through hours of training, all that. And then COVID started. And so we kind of stopped um, doing everything. And so long story short, we, we, God moved us to do, to, to do this. I had no idea what we were getting into. Um, but I, I wanted to be obedient to God, right? So we decided to start fostering. It finally happened. Um, we got Timothy, um, placed with us, had no clue what I was getting myself into. Hey, I thought it was just taking care of a kid. Like how bad can that be? Right. I have three of my own. Just yell at them, tell them what to do. <laughs> Not that easy. Um, different personalities, different traumas. And, but, and then just the level of, of services, I swear, like the counties require every single the kid bumps his head. You got to take a picture, write a 10-page report on it. It's ridiculous. Um, so we, we, we're going through this, and like we've noticed with, with um, our foster son, Timothy, like he needed more and more help, right? So it, it's gotten to the point where handling our three kids plus Timothy was just so overwhelming. It, it got, I remember, um, this is probably about a month ago, um, I saw Nayeli sitting outside in the porch, and I just go, I just go out there with her, and I hug her, and she just starts bawling. And she's like, I don't know if I can keep doing it. Um, so we prayed. And, you know, it, it was extremely overwhelming. Like, you, you try to, to handle your household a certain way. But in, 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 and I know her um, as the mom, as a wife, she kind of feels inadequate because you have piles of laundry everywhere. Sometimes, the, you know, house chores don't get done. And you're just running from one appointment to another. And, and it, it just, we got to a breaking point, you know. And then... So I'm, I'm getting this sermon ready and, and God like moves me. He's like, be obedient. Because I honestly started questioning, is this really what we were called to do? Like, did we, that's kind of those like, oh, was it just a, a, 
an emotional reaction and, and maybe this is what we're supposed to do. So we tried it. And so I, I was second guessing whether or not this was something, whether or not if I heard from God or, or it was just us, right? Um, and I'm praying and I'm getting this ready. God like speaks to me, be obedient. That's all I keep hearing, be obedient. And um, so then I get a call um, from my boss. She just got diagnosed with breast cancer. So uh, someone I, I look I look up to her tremendously, strong Christian, so very strong faith. So I'm, I'm praying with her, and and I'm said like, and I told her like, don't worry, I'll, I'll don't worry about work. Like this is the last thing you need to worry about when you get that diagnosis, right? Like don't worry about miss take whatever days you have to take. I'll make sure everything um, is good. So it's just having that thrown on my plate, and it's just so work stretch just skyrocketed, and and I'm. And again, I just keep hearing, be obedient, right? And as soon as I gave in, I said, God, I'm going to be obedient to what you're calling me to do. And I know fostering is something you have called my family to do. That same day, we get another call. That a boy needs to leave his current foster home for some reasons. Do you, um, are you able to take him? Six-year-old boy. And... Kind of going back a little bit, we have said no for one reason or another, like four different times on four different calls of an additional placement. And I told Nayeli, we, uh, God has prompted us to do this. Um, so we said yes, because it's something God has called us to do. And we got, this was Thursday, I think, yeah, it was Thursday. So we got the, the, another placement on Thursday for another six-year-old boy. And I was, and me and Ayeli, like, honestly, we just look at each other. Like, I, we have no idea what it's going to do to the dynamics of our home. We have no idea, what, like, is it going to add more stress? It's another school. So now we have to coordinate three different school drop-offs. Um, then there's sports and all this. And then, like, the, our kids uh, making sure we don't neglect them. And I'm telling you all this because we don't know, we don't know what God is going to prompt us to do. But you have no idea what a single act of obedience will set into motion. No clue. Because I was brought back to the stress of dealing with sixth graders and saw what God was able to do in my life. Like, let alone in their lives, right? But what God was able to move me to do and to become and grow. And I know God is doing the same thing today. But what's the point? We forget that God has called us to be light into this world. Okay, sometimes we get so caught up in, in our day-to-day -day lives, and it's hard, right? Especially in our culture, it's like, work this, kids, work this, kids, right? But God is using us to be light in this world. He is moving you to bring new life to those around you. And sometimes it doesn't, like, if you really think about it, it doesn't make sense that we believe in God, we believe in Trinity, in eternity, so we believe in hell, 
but yet we're not moved to warn people about it. It doesn't make sense. And when I was, when I was praying, when um, the worship team was, was out there, God, this is not even in my notes, so this is new. Um, God, God really brought up um, Luke 10 in, um, into, into mind. Um, when, when Jesus sent out the, 20, the 72 apostles, when he like, let them go, like, don't take money, don't take nothing, just, just go. Go and preach the word. And they came back. The 72 disciples came back extremely happy because they, they, of all the miracles that they were doing, right? And extremely happy that even they said that even the demons listened to us. And here was Jesus' reply. I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. I have given you authority to trample on snakes and scorpions and to overcome all the power of the enemy. Nothing will harm you. However, do not rejoice that the spirits submit to you, but rejoice that your names are written in heaven. We need to expect an environment of miracles because we serve a God that moves. Before, when Jesus left, he said, all authority, everything has been given to me and I'm giving it to you. Everything. But don't get it wrong. Don't worry about the miracles. Don't chase the blessings. Chase the Savior. Because the more we do that, the more we, not only is God going to use us to do amazing, incredible things, and, and, and amazing to us, define amazing. We're all going to define it different, right? He's going to use you in the world that you live in to be amazing. And that can be to be the best boss ever. It can be to be the best teacher ever. It can be to be the best nurse. Wherever God places you, he will place you and will push you to be amazing okay but what's the point the point is to be light i'm asking the worship team to come up and as we close um we i'm highly encouraging you borderline telling you take communion today <laughs> um and as you go and take communion um really i made these stickers and this is just a reminder of, of what God has called you to do. It says, make heaven crowded. Grab these stickers at the communion table. Put it wherever it is. Something you carry with you every day. If it's a water bottle, your computer, your purse, your backpack. Whatever, somewhere where you're going to be reminded of the vision God has for your life. Because the goal is to make the courts of heaven as crowded as we can. Not necessarily this church building, which will be awesome if we multiply in church, but what's greater is that we're using, that we are being obedient to what God is prompting us to do and understanding that the ultimate goal is to fill the streets of heaven. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. For more information or to get in contact with our pastoral staff, please go to go to accesschurch.com.